forward to next Sunday. Uh, it's just been a journey that I have enjoyed most of the time. Uh, and I know that God has been with us. It's, it's been a wonderful, wonderful time for us to, to walk together in, in love and unity that we have most of the time. And uh, I'm just looking forward to gathering with you next Sunday for a birthday celebration. <clears throat> so we'll be singing happy birthday to, uh, to us. And I'd also like to ask the Sharon and Eddie if they'd lead us in our anthem song. You know, the, I wrote a poem back in the beginning, and about the, I wonder if it was the first Sunday we met after, and I don't remember now exactly, but all of a sudden they started singing this song, and Sister uh, Sharon had put music to the poem that I'd written. Now, well, I recognize that. <laughs> Can you sing it next Sunday? Yeah, I don't know if I've even, you probably got it. Well, I think it may be in the office. Okay. Anyhow, I've come today to talk about something I don't want to talk about. I've come today to talk about something that's very unpleasant to me. I've come to talk about something that God has instilled in my heart to talk about, and I tried to get him to not let me talk about it. The subject that I wanted to use is Jesus wept. Well, that in itself is a, is a characteristic of our Savior. It is an open heart that he has for all of his children, even for the world, even for the lost. And as we look at some verses of scripture this morning, I want us to be able to look at the character of Jesus and to see how and what comes out of the words, Jesus wept. So if you turn with me to the book of Luke, the 16th chapter, beginning at verse 19, I'd like to share with you a very familiar story. And if you would please stand for the reading of God's word. I want you to notice if your Bible has the red writings that all, of thing, all that I will share with you this morning is the words of Jesus. And I always kind of want to set up and take notice when I see these words that are written in red because I know they are things that Jesus has said. And I like to feel like I hear the echo of his voice saying, there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and he fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and even licked his sores and it came to pass that the beggar died. And he was carried away by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man, he also died and he was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and seeing Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus, that he may dip his uh, tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in torment in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime received thy good things and likewise Lazarus evil things? But now he is comforted and they are tormented. And besides all of this, between us and you, there is a great guff fixed so that you, they which would pass from hence to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us that would come from thee. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. I have five brothers and they, that they may testify unto them that, that they also might uh, 
they also come and that they lest they come into this place of torment. I get it right in a minute. Abraham saith unto him, <clears throat> they said they have Ab- they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went to them from the dead, <clears throat> I know they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. We know that's Jesus. Even the the tense before it happened, Jesus knew the price that it would take for heaven to be a reality for his children. Would you bow with us in a word of prayer? Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you this morning with grateful hearts for being able to look through the windows of your word and to listen to you speak. Lord, it just seems that your voice is a reality to us today that we can just pause and ponder the expression on your face and the the aching in your heart and the, the sadness that you felt because another one of your created beings was not able to go to heaven. Though available to all, we know, Lord, we have that choice. So, Lord, guide us this morning as we worship that if there's someone here that is the backside of a choice to make heaven their home, that maybe today would be the day of salvation. Today would be the day to say yes to a love that will guide them and hold them and carry them on through. Guide us now, Lord. Please humble our hearts. Hide me behind the cross that you, Lord, might be seen and heard today. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Maybe seated. As we do look at the compassionate heart of Jesus Christ, we see that quite often and maybe probably always his heart is breaking because of the sadness that's happening in someone that he loves and he loves all. And I guess the verse says it best. Gracious, I don't know about this voice this morning. In John 11, 35, and in a few verses before and after that, we read a story about the compassion of Jesus that I love to read. Jesus was close friends of Mary and Martha. And there came a time when Mary and Martha, their brother Lazarus, was very sick. And they sent word for Jesus to come because they felt like the power of God through the Son of God would be able to help their brother and maybe bring healing. And so they sent for Jesus to come and the story is uh, those that as he got the word, he was at a place and he said to the disciples, we're not going to hurry over there because I want the powers of God to be seen in a very clear and wonderful way. And so it was that after a couple days that they started towards Mary and Martha's home. And they got close to the home and he looked up and there came Martha running out to meet him. And Martha came up to Jesus and said, Oh, Master, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. Lazarus had died. He had actually died about four days before Jesus got there. And they shared for a little while and Martha said, Just a minute, let me get my sister Mary. And so he, she goes and Mary comes, and when Mary gets close to Jesus, the Bible says she literally fell on her face before his feet and said again, Jesus, Master, if you'd have just been here, my brother would not have died. And he began to explain 
the resurrection of the dead. The hope of every heart that has confessed Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. And so as they continued to talk, thank you, as they continued to talk, they went on towards the house. And Jesus went in and said, where have you put him? Where have you laid your brother Lazarus? And they said, come and see. And Mary, still in a very broken, all both of them, I'm sure, but Mary especially was still in such a broken state of mind that she just literally was still weeping. And as tears came through from her eyes, she probably took the hand of Jesus and they began to walk out towards where the tomb, where Lazarus had been put. And when they got up close to the tomb, Jesus noticing the brokenness in the hearts of Mary and Martha, his friends, the Bible says a word that I just love to read, and it is a, the, probably the shortest verse in the Bible, John eleven thirty five. and Jesus wept. It tells me that when our hearts are broken, Jesus cries. When we're in a state of wondering what to do next, Jesus has a saddened heart about our decision. And we're going to see a story in just a moment about those two decisions that a person can make. The choice. The fact that is sometimes that we can't hardly stand to stand anywhere else but stand for the Lord. And that choice will come in a very reality way if we would just let God's spirit of love touch us in that way that he wants to. But when the choice comes and we turn our backs on Jesus, Jesus is sad. I want you to think of your life and maybe uh, there have been times that you felt like that you've made Jesus cry. Excuse me. Have you ever made Jesus cry? What an awesome thing it must surely feel even for the angels in heaven to see tears roll down the face of Jesus. The Bible is full of a lot of stories about how that Jesus was made saddened by circumstances. One of them certainly was the time before his crucifixion when he took the disciples and he went on into the garden and he began to pray and the Bible says he began to sweat from his, from his forehead and it was as those drops of blood would fall from his face. That's a saddened state of existence. That's a time when Jesus not only not only was feeling sorry and feeling a, a hurt in his own heart, but you know what else Jesus was thinking about that day in the garden? Judas. He was thinking about he had tried so much to influence someone to be on his side and on his plane of, of existence on the salvation's end of life, but it seemed like he may have felt a failure. Son of God can't fail, but the Son of God can only go to a distance that will allow you and I to make that final step into the realms of salvation. He won't make it for you. I can't make it for you. Mom and dad can't make it for you, sister or brother. But that decision has to be made by you. I remember trying to, and did, lead a man to the Lord some years ago. And I had talked with him probably for a solid hour at the church uh, where we were pastor at the time. And, and I remember so well, Vernon Huff was his name, and he's already gone on to be with the Lord. But I remember sharing with him there and I, I remember just leaning over in front of the bench and taking my finger and making a mark on the carpet. I said, Vernon, I, I've gone the distance that I can go with you. There's another step that you'll need to make. 
and Jesus is waiting to take your hand when you do. That man, which was probably the age of 75, got up from his seat and stepped across that line and I almost beat him to the altar. And he found Jesus Christ, the Savior and Lord of his life. But he made the step that I couldn't make for him. You know, in the Bible, it talks about that uh, the, the women that had the, the, uh, the lamps of oil, some of them had oil and some didn't. And the ones with the oil in their lamps could not give the oil that they had for the light of their lamp to someone that didn't have oil. I can't give you a portion of my salvation. I can show you the joy in knowing Jesus, but I can't give you what I have in my heart. It's mine personally from God. Jesus Christ saved my soul and it's sealed and secured for me, Chester Schartzer, Litchfield, Kentucky. And it's the same with you. And I believe as we listen to Jesus talk about we need to be bold in the spirit. We need to have a, a soberty or whatever the word might be of the fact that Jesus is there for us and his heart does break when ours do. She was 17 years old and the man stood in front of her with a gun pointed right at her head and he said, do you believe in God? She paused and knew that this was a life and death decision that she was about to make and she said, yes, I believe in God. And the executor said, why? But she didn't have time to answer. She fell dead at his feet. That happened not 2,000 years ago in the Roman Empire. It didn't happen in Afghanistan or Vietnam. It happened in Colorado by a young lady in Caliban High School who was not willing to say no are we confronted with a life and death decision to make? I'm sure we are. We do. We have. But to, Paul said to be suffer, to suffer for Christ's sake is a blessing. And we need to let God give us a, enough faith that will help us to be able to say, yes, I believe in Jesus. Yes, I believe in God. There comes choices every day for you to defend your faith. Have you faltered in that defense? Have you sometimes been a little wishy-washy about being bold in the spirit? Heaven help us to stand with a boldness that the world can see we know Jesus and we will stand for our Savior and Lord come what may. You know, during our recent battle with the alcohol issue, we got a little bit of whatever you want to call it, but it was nothing. It was nothing whatsoever compared to what Jesus and what they did to him. I didn't get beat. We didn't get spit upon. But sometimes words can cut, can't they? But I believe that we need to be able to keep Jesus from crying with our response to his will in our lives. I've come today not to talk about, as this story might let us believe, about money and material things. I've not come today to talk about what can happen in this life if we have good, good intentions. You know, it's often said good intention doesn't amount to anything unless actions have been put with those words. But I come today to talk to you about choices. I don't know today if there's anyone here that 
has not been saved and have come to the age of accountability? But God knows that answer. And this earlier in the week, as I, I even had sent Brother Norman a, a thing that I was going to use. You may have got a, an earlier bulletin that had another scripture in it. But God changed that direction for me. And he said, I want you to talk about hell. I said, I don't want to. I'd rather talk about heaven and the glories and the blessedness of believing in an almighty God that will touch me, lead me, and guide me, and let me feel the powers of heaven in my life at every turn I take. But he said, I want you to talk about hell. And you know, we read in the Bible that there are 582 times that heaven is mentioned. But I kind of feel like that God put a limit on the word hell in the Bible and there's only 53 places where it's written. And I believe he limited Satan to some sort of uh, numbers that he can't continue to talk about it. But I want us to look at this story that uh, our writer has talked about, Dr. Luke, who was a physician. fact of the matter is he probably may have been the only Gentile writer in the Bible. He was a person who wrote accounts of Jesus all the way from his birth to the crucifixion as he ends his chapter of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And what a storyteller he was as he so rightly brought about the unfolding of the life of Jesus. But in our reading today, Jesus talks about a choice. A choice that a person who had a lot of this life made. And that choice was not to accept the love of the Lord in his heart. And he was a man who probably had a lot of friends, probably had a lot of uh, influence in the community. How many times have you heard people say, oh, they were such a good man? Do you know what today, my friends? Excuse the expression, but hell is going to be full of good men and good women. Hell is going to have people, uh, children that are good people, but lost. May it challenge you and I as God's people to tell someone else about Jesus before it's too late. Someone waited too late to tell this rich young man about Jesus. And the Bible says there was also in that story that he talks about that there was a man named Lazarus. And there's the name Lazarus again, and I'm not sure if that has anything to do with Mary and Martha's brother, maybe or maybe not. But Lazarus was kind of poor. Didn't have much at all. And I think about the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus preached when he talked about the blessedness of believing. And there I believe it's the fourth blessed or the fourth beatitude, the blessed of the poor in spirit, for they shall see the kingdom of God. Was Jesus saying, there are saying now and telling us this morning that to, in order to inherit the eternal life that he's made promise, that we need to be divested, if you want to say that, of everything we have? I'm saying to you this morning, yes, indeed, that's exactly what Jesus is saying. And I'm not saying that he says anything about the, the wealth and the, the wherewithal that we have maybe been blessed and had the ability to have. I'm saying that he is concerned about the priorities in your life and mine. And if there's a $1 bill ahead of Jesus, then we have let riches run our relationship with Jesus Christ. But the man had a lot of things. You know, the riches in the Bible is not a negative thought. Abraham was just loaded, if you please. He had a lot of stuff. Animals and you name it. Abraham 
was this blessed with riches. But Lazarus, back to Lazarus, he had had a humble heart. And he sat at the gate of the rich person, desiring to even eat the crumbs that fell from his table. And I kind of wonder if I could picture this man going <coughs> by his house as he went out of the morning and maybe come in at night or maybe one night he came in and he walked a little over to the side. My goodness, I hope I don't catch whatever he has. Well, what he really ought to have known that I hope I catch what he's got. And that was salvation for his soul. I hope he's gone when I come out in the morning. Well, he was gone soon. But he existed in a place called heaven because his heart was right with Jesus. And as we look at that story, the Bible says that Lazarus died and also the rich man died. And Lazarus, when he died, he found himself in the bosom of Abraham and I think that designates the fact of some heavenly existence that God has in mind and I don't have a clue just what existence that was, but I do know this. When you talk about Abraham or Moses or some of those patriarchs of the Old Testament, they talk about the salvation that they have and the heaven that they gained when they died. Moses himself has spoken about a lot of times and when it speaks of Moses on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus, we understand that Moses had been dead for 1,400 years, but he was somehow in the presence of God in a heavenly setting of some sort that God had it possible. And he does that for you today. He does that for all who put their trust in him. But the rich man had waited too late. He also died and lifted up his eyes in torment. And he said, if you would just send Lazarus, Father Abraham, God, if you would send him to touch his finger in water and tip on my tongue, I could be eased a little. And there comes the dark side of the loss of salvation. I'm sorry, sir. Those that are here cannot come to you and neither can you come to me. But here's what happened. La uh, the rich man could see Lazarus across that great gulf that separates. But Lazarus, no, he could not see the rich man in torment. That wouldn't be heaven if he could. And so as we look at that story, we see that the hope that lies in all of us is that if we put our trust in Jesus, and I believe as we look at this, we, uh, we can surely see that as Jesus himself can see the horrors of hell, we can see that he literally cries. He cried for this man who was lost and died without salvation. His heart was broken because someone else had slipped out in, into eternity. Well, as we think about this story, we realize that these two choices are still made possible today. Then do you understand why that choice is so hard to make? Why is it so hard to decide? It's almost saying black and white, love and hate. Did you know when, when the rich man was in torment and he was seeing the flames of, fires, of the fires there in, in his place? Satan was laughing 
But Jesus was crying. I believe it. I really believe it. Satan laughs because he's got you. Jesus weeps because he lost you. And we need to let God understand that we need to die for his sake. The, the beggar with the ragged clothes that he had on, when the angels took him away, those rags must have fell and he put a righteous robe around him and he entered the glories of heaven in a beautiful array that God just waits to see in his children. Do you have that hope in your heart today? What if tomorrow you were not afforded another day? What if tomorrow would come and that decision would not have been made to follow Jesus? What if you had an opportunity today to say yes to that love, but you didn't? My friends, I honestly want to do as Paul said, I exhort you. I literally beg you, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourselves a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed, be changed, be made whole by the powers of Almighty God through His Son, Jesus, who gave His life and suffered on the cross that you might have salvation in the end. Father Abraham, I've got five brothers that's lost. I've got people still back on earth. Would you send someone to tell them about the horrors of this place? And I know if someone from here came to tell them, I know they'd believe, I know they'd change, I know they'd be able to escape the horrors of hell that I'm in now. But it wasn't to be. You see, we cannot do anything more or less than to hear the person who did raise from the dead, who did come back to life and tell the story again, and that was Jesus. And they have had Moses and the others, but it's a voice from heaven. They didn't hear them. Neither would they hear if someone did come back from the dead, though someone already did. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. What about Jesus this morning? If you are not a child of God, don't move. Don't leave. Don't lack a little bit of opportunity to, to take advantage of God's love. And you know, as I think about also you and I as God's people, I want to throw a burden of something on your heart this morning. Every one of us, maybe it's not a brother, maybe it's not a family member very near, but maybe it is. If someone that knows Jesus would go tell them, maybe they would change before they hear the words, too late, too late. Will that burden your heart this morning to tell someone else about Jesus? God bless you as you make that commitment to our Lord and Savior today. Would you bow with us as we pray? Uh, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you today for salvation. We thank you today, Lord, for that hope that we can have in our hearts that one day 
when we lay down the cares of this life that we have an eternity to spend with you. Endless days that will come that the light of God's love will radiate the place so much the brightness of God's presence will be ours throughout eternity. I thank you, Lord, for that that we have in our hearts. But, Lord, there's some that doesn't know Jesus as Savior. There may be someone here today, Lord, and if by chance someone is walking through life without you, that you would help them to see there's joy in another life, that far beyond the walls of this world lays the hope that is so great and wonderful. Help us all, Lord, to make that commitment you'd have us make today. In your precious name we pray. Amen.